definitely not the starters. You're on the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Welcome into the end of the bench here on 100.7 The Score. You're listening into the solo act here in the studio. David Collier leading the way here this Wednesday morning. We appreciate you being part of the show. Our, our man Lucas White across the way behind the glass helping us out. And uh, in parts unknown via Zoom, we are joined by voice of Red Raider basketball, one Jeff Haxton this morning uh, as he gets ready for another crazy night of Big 12 basketball on the road. Hax, how you doing this morning? David, can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Is, is, it, is it passable? I think it's passable. I've worked on television for 20-plus years, and I've seen live shots and heard live shots that sound much worse than this. I know that this is a completely different medium, and we need to hear you, hear you loud and clear. Might be a better question, question for Lucas, but you sound good to me as, as a person sitting here knowing I need you as a lifeline at the moment. I'm here for you. Um, <laughs> in, uh, I just... <clears throat> I'm just absolutely shocked how cold it is in Houston, Texas, man. It is yeah, yesterday, I swear, if you would have stepped out, you would have said uh, you were in maybe, you know, not Chicago cold. I'm, I'm not going to go crazy on you, but like maybe, you know, Kansas City, although they were minus three, you know, but like normal Kansas City winter. That's what it felt like yesterday uh, with a little bit of uh, humidity to go with it. But um the trip has been good so far. They um, they went and got a nice little shoot around. Yes, I got to tell you, uh, it's so it's so stinking refreshing. Um, you know they 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 don't just hammer and ride and hammer and ride and talk talk and I mean last night. They they got into the Fertitta Center and said, "Guys, just just run around and have some fun." And they they got shots up. They worked on what they wanted to work on. Some of them just kind of chilled. It was just overall awesome to me because this thing is uh, is hard enough to do as a student athlete. Um, without being just constantly bombarded with X's and O's, constantly yelled at, constantly uh, expected to perform, 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 and to let somebody run around and and just get some shots up and then go eat some good food. To me, that was a good night. Yeah, well, my, we might dive into that a little bit more. I, I, I'm kind of interested. I know it's only been a couple of times for Big 12 road games now. I know you obviously made other trips with the team this season, but maybe to get your thoughts on how things are not necessarily, I guess, run differently. But, yeah, that, it's probably a good thing to do, though, just the pressure cooker that that actual night is for every single Big 12 basketball team, as we saw last night once again, and we can get into that throughout the morning as well, to let them relax and let them, you know, not be – you know, game in game mode for 24 straight hours going into what is probably your hardest Big 12 road game left this year. Uh, I'm just, 
I am so um, relieved by it from what I've had to experience the previous seven years. And you know what I saw a ton of is smiles. I saw, I saw, you know, those guys messing with each other. And again, still getting shots up, still, you know, just kind of basically, you know, shaking the day of, and they, and they had already, you know, run through a practice in the morning. Mm-hmm. But in previous regimes, it wouldn't matter. I mean, like, there would be a practice in the morning, there would be a practice at night, and if they didn't have enough practice time at night, they would go find a high school gym to practice more the the night before the game. This was, you know, just just a bunch of dudes running around smiling and and having fun, and I I, I find that completely refreshing. So, and then, you know, we have a I guarantee a lot of data being burned up um, because there's 50 people on the travel party that all want to know what's going on in, in Manhattan or uh, at Cincinnati or with BYU or, you know, with Kansas. <laughs> and so there's a lot of basketball being watched and it is, um, I tell you what, man, it's the big 12 was making a statement uh. and they always, they always make statements um, because the league is so good. But right now, it's it, it feels like it, and again, we're submerged in it. But it feels like it's way past anything else anybody has to offer, as far as entertainment value, and eight teams in the top twenty-five, and on and on and on. Isn't it just amazing right now? You know, Choice and I were talking about this yesterday, and we wonder nationally if we had somebody on if. They would be like, you know, somebody from the ACC would be like, okay, enough of this Big 12 basketball talk, kind of like everybody else in the country is for SEC football. And maybe so, but last night I'm, I'm like refreshing the scoreboard on ESPN for Big 12 scores because I'm like, well, so and so's already knocked somebody off. Let's see. It, if you would have told me six years ago, that I was going to be somewhat invested in Cincinnati and TCU basketball on January 16th, I would have laughed in your face. I, I would have no desire. But last night, I'm like, wow, Cincinnati pulls off the upset against TCU at home. And we've talked about Cincinnati. We did our t- tiers of 12 yesterday. They should probably have another Big 12 win in there. And we're just – we're – it's so, it's so much earlier than it has been in years past. Now, obviously, we were concerned with what the Red Raiders were doing, but I don't think to this extent were we that invested in the rest of the conference because it's just so dang competitive. Yeah, and you know what's really cool, too, and we can expound on this uh, later, but think of um, think of what you've been through as a program with the turnover your, you know, over a 15, 20 year period considered middle of the pack or back of the pack. If you don't make this kind of, I mean, here now you're the only undefeated team. And I know this can change in a hurry, but now you're the only undefeated team out of all this league of just piranha. You know, this was a, this was a massive hire because if you don't get it right, you can find yourself where Oklahoma State is in a mm-hmm. hurry or where West Virginia is in a hurry. Yeah, it's uh, 
a lot of questions to be asked there in Stillwater after last night for sure. We'll uh, take a look at the headlines from last night's Big 12 basketball play, other headlines involving Texas Tech athletics coming up here on the end of the bench. David Collier here in the first United Bank Studios. Jeff Haxton in the Bayou City. So we uh, get you ready for Texas Tech men's basketball tonight there from the Fertitta Center. You can obviously join us as well. Let us know what you think on the Gates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, You're listening to the end of the bench. David Collier's driving the bus. Hold on tight, folks. We'll be back after the break. Definitely not the starters. You're on the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. On the end of the bench, David Collier here in the First United Bank Studios. Our man Jeff Haxon in Houston getting ready for Texas Tech men's basketball. And we'll start there. Red Raiders visiting the fifth-ranked Houston Cougars tonight, a 7 o'clock pregame show. You can listen to uh, Jeff Haxton and I believe Chris Lovell on Double T 97.3 with a tip-off set for 8 o'clock there at the Fertitta Center. Lady Raider basketball also in action tonight here at home, and they've got a tough test against the 24th-ranked Iowa State Cyclones. Mark Finkner and Chuck Hines will have all that action for you starting at 5.30 with the pregame on 107.7 Yes FM with a 6 o'clock tip. Chris Gerlich and company trying to end a two-game skid. Both of those losses on the road uh, need to get back in the win column and definitely protect the home court there if they uh, want to make that march to the uh, postseason, try to get it back into the NCAA tournament. Going back to Big 12 basketball, it was uh, another brutal night uh, if you're a road team in Big 12 basketball, unless, of course, you're the third-ranked Kansas Jayhawks. They take care of business at Oklahoma State, winning 90-66. to That game was never in doubt, as you can imagine, as the Pokes fall to 0-4 in Big 12 play, Kansas 3-1. and Kansas State, one of two overtime wins, home winners. They beat number nine Baylor, the only at – as we entered last night anyway, unbeaten team, other other unbeaten team in Big 12 play, but the Wildcats get the 68-64 win. Both those teams 3-1 and one in conference play along with the Kansas Jayhawks. The other home win that we mentioned of a, a little bit earlier in the show, Cincinnati knocking off number 19 TCU. Horn Frogs not being, being able to get a win on the road there. The Bearcats get the 81-77 victory. They're both 2-2 two and two in Big 12 play at this point. The other 2-2 two and two teams, Iowa State, unable to get the job done on the road as BYU proving David Collier wrong in his tiers of 12. We just tear that thing completely up, Haxton, the tiers of 12, uh, just less than 24 hours after we do the thing. I think the best thing for you was not to have to be here and embarrass yourself with that is the Cougars get the 87-72 to 72 win. It was just – it's it's a uh, – I guess it's a process that we have to do, and we kind of learn about our basketball teams and our knowledge of the basketball teams, but I think I could tear that thing up right now, and I might even bug you a little bit later to see what, what you would go with and give you uh, the advantage of having four extra games seen just to see. To well, that's a big advantage. I mean, but, you know, it also might – I mean, so what did you have so wrong, David? Uh, I've got to pull the thing back up. Well, I have BYU a lot lower than – I probably should have. I just I just don't know that I believe them, and I think it might just be playing at home in that situation. But 
Uh, yeah, so I had BYU at 10, one of those fringe tournament teams. And, uh, yeah, they knock off a pretty uh, decent Iowa State team. And not just a decent Iowa State team, Hacks. They beat an Iowa State team by 15, right, I think. And they gave up. I, I had actually looked this up last night. Iowa State's defense was not giving up as many points as the BYU Cougars scored. So that was bad. Um, let's see. Yeah, eight, 87 points, a lot of points. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. BYU had 39 in the first half and 48 in the second half. So they may have uh, worn down the old Cyclones. Uh, uh, you know, they – one thing to keep an eye on, and I think this translates into tonight too with the Lady Raiders. The, <laughs> the last couple of weeks, it has been the frozen tundra all the wind, very tough for everybody that's trying to get to Ames to get there. Now, if it's sunny and 55 and no wind, it's a tough trip. But you throw in the, you know, rocky training facility out in Serbia, and that's the way it was in Ames, it gets tough. And and the thing about this, uh, these, uh, the lady cyclones tonight, I mean, they may feel like they've won their national championship. Baylor come in and they're ranked fourth. You know, I think, I think you and they they end up winning by four or five. I believe Iowa State. I think you may be catching them at a good time, and just like I think BYU caught the Iowa State men at a good time. Well, I, I certainly hope that's the case. You're doing a little research for Lady Raider basketball for the show last night at six and ten. Uh, Audie Crooks and Addie Brown are going to be a problem for a long time in the Big 12 Conference, both freshmen. And I'm, you know, they asked the local media to always do like Big 12 Player of the Week things for football, all, all of the conference sports. I've done it for football the last few years. And I got asked to do Lady Raider or women's basketball this season. And I see Addie Brown and Audie Crooks' name every single week on freshman and player. Crooks actually won player of the week. She's uh, yeah. she's going to be tough inside for the Lady Raiders. And then Addie Brown is top 11 in the conference in scoring, rebounding, and assists. So uh, if, you play, if you're if you a Lucas White and do player props, look that one up. You might want to go with Addie Brown in the open. You know, uh, there's so much that's exciting about this Big 12 basketball and what it's what it is now and what it's going to be. Um when it becomes, you know, it's um, it's full fledged membership, and 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 that may change too. Who knows? But you know, going into that game last night, BYU's a three and a half point favorite, and they had fifteen thousand four hundred ninety one there to see it. You're seeing new levels of excitement at institutions that they've never experienced because they're now with the big boys and. You know, these home court advantages for these new teams, I mean, that's that's the thing is like in football for the longest time, right? What do we have this last year? Y'all ain't ready. Y'all yeah. ain't ready. Now, that even got better as it went along, as I recall, Central Florida beating Oklahoma State 45-3. Mm -hmm. to But, um, you, you know, you got 15, over 15 grand to watch BYU and Iowa State. The interest level is through the roof. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it in the first segment. I I can't imagine a time where I was this invested in the rest of the conference this early on, maybe since my college days. 
I mean, you keep up, obviously, you know the standings, but like going to find a, an actual Big 12, like I would search out on ESPN Plus one of these games just to watch it, just more than anything to see what uh, what lies ahead for the Red Raiders. But yeah, on a on a nightly basis, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're you're consumed by Big 12 basketball and some Mondays in there as well. It's 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 night. Well, and, and let's be honest. If the Big 12 was this tough last year and you were still in the same situation, we're probably not flocking to see what the rest of the league is doing because we would be floundering down there at the bottom with Oklahoma State. So, you know, it certainly helps when you're sitting atop the standings as opposed to down in the cellar with Oklahoma State. So I'll give you some headlines here from a basketball game in the ACC last night. This says uh, from College Basketball Report, insane storylines from NC State Wake Forest. The NC State head coach ejected in the first half. DJ Burns left the game early in the second half with a puke bucket. Wolfpack faced double-digit deficit at half. DJ Horn double flips off the referee. Mm -hmm. A fight in the final minute with three ejections, and NC State still wins the game yeah dj horn i guess it was right at the end it was kind of a celebratory we still won the game let me uh salute you with the uh double birds that was that's i'm i'm surprised there's no like acc uh you know reprimand coming you know big 12 style right that has to be coming after that well, I would think so because they, they have this still shot of the double birds and it's all over the place. There's got to be some kind of reprimand, I would think. Well, I'll be honest. That's the only thing I knew about that game. Once you said NC State, I was like, oh, yeah, the double bird guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple other headlines I'll, I'll definitely mention here since they're Red Raider related. Ben Roberts was named a freshman All-American Yesterday, by the Football Writers Association of America, I believe just the sixth Red Raider to receive that honor and the first Texas Tech linebacker and just the second Texas Tech linebacker since Brian Duncan did it back in the day, I believe, in 07. So congratulations to Ben Roberts. Uh, three more, well, probably three. The way things go these days, you might get a fourth year, an extra year, a fifth year, or maybe a sixth year. Hopefully... Three more productive years of football for Ben Roberts before he goes off to the NFL. All right, that's a look at the headlines. Coming up next, what is coming up next? Man, you know what? It's so weird being the number one in this show. Check, with, check the calendar. Yeah, we got to check the calendar. I've got like five different email tabs up, but I didn't have the run down there. But uh, you're listening to the end of the bench. David Collier in studio. Jeff Haxton on the road. We'll obviously dive deeper in. To the Red Raiders and Cougs coming up tonight at 8 o'clock on Double T at 97.3 with the tip off there. But as Hacks mentioned, up next, we take a check of the calendar here on the end of the bench. Playing time is not required. This is the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. All right, welcome into hour number two. Of the end of the bench, David Collier, Jeff Haxton in Houston, Lucas White, here for you for the next couple of hours, getting you ready for Texas Tech basketball, both men's and women's. You can listen to Lady Raider basketball. Pre-game coverage starts at 5.30 
on 107.7 Yes FM, Yes FM with Mark Finkner and Chuck Hines. But after you've done done listening to that, obviously you're going to tune in at seven o'clock for the pregame, eight o'clock tip of Texas Tech and Houston on Double T 97.3. Jeff Haxton joining us once again from Houston Hacks. We've got two more hours to dive into this basketball game, but I, I, you hate to put too much weight on it, but I mean, they're number one in the uh, net ranking. They're number one in Ken Palm's ranking, the Red Raiders 30th. I mean, this is an opportunity to kind of plant your flag, if you will, if you're the Red Raiders. Yeah, earlier this week we had the old conversation about would you take one and one, and I was like, nah, and then now I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> you get there and you change your mind. Well, yeah, I mean, I it, it is something that I would change my mind on. I would definitely take that now. I got greedy because I'm, I, I did, you know, when I see Vegas roll out there, 13 points. Yeah. Started at 12. It's up. I, I heard 12 and a half this morning. I probably going to continue. I can't, I can't imagine it balloons anymore. Yesterday choice asked me and I said seven. He's like, nah, that's going to be at least nine. So you were that shocked. I mean, it was it shocking that it's that high. I mean, that's a big number. I kind of yeah, understand I'm, I'm, it. I'm, I'm not shocked, <laughs> but I am very surprised that it is that high of a number. Um, I guess they're really banking on, you know, we're ticked off because we lost 57-53 to Iowa State in 68-67 to uh, TCU. So uh, here's one thing that stands out to me is just as far as that, that defense goes. I don't think I've ever seen a team so balanced in the steel categories. So they have one player in Jamal Shedd who's a really, really good player. He leads them in steals with 36. But then you go Cryer, 16. Sharp, 26. Roberts, 16. Dunn, 15. Francis, 13. Arsenault, 10. Tugler, 17. Malik Wilson, remember him? Oh, yeah. 15 for him in the steals. So every single one of these guys can take the ball from you they have as a team 170 steals and they've only had the ball taken from them as far as steals on the other side 78 times so you know a lot of times you'll see balance scoring balance rebounding usually you have one or two guys that can really steal the ball and then everybody else kind of lags behind man this entire squad when they walk out there can steal the ball and um you know, you're going to have to put them in uh, uncomfortable positions. Let me you know, make them doubt it early a little bit. You know, it's like we won our first 14 games. If I'm just speaking from, from Houston's mm -hmm. standpoint, our first big 12 game, we won 89 to 55 over West Virginia. You know, we thought we were pretty good. And then you lose two, make them kind of doubt themselves a little bit. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe we aren't who we thought we were. And we let them off the hook. Um, that that would be my approach to this thing tonight. And don't let LJ Cryer get going because he is an amazing player. The Baylor transfer is averaging 16 points per game. 
but has struggled the last couple. Keep him struggling. Yeah, that was going to be my question to you. That was a question I had to Grant McCaslin at uh, yesterday's coach availability before you guys hopped on the bus and headed to the airport was what have teams done to LJ Cryer? And that leads me to this question. You know, we've talked about everybody complaining going into the season that Grant McCaslin was going to slow everything down. It was going to be a boring offense. It seems like tonight, I mean, one, you take care of the basketball and don't allow all of those steals that you had just mentioned from every single person on that roster. But two, if you kind of, I don't want to say muck it up, you slow things down, you make it difficult and make them run an offense. Is is that what the Red Raiders, maybe their game plan is going into this? Because listening to Coach McCaslin, that seems like what's happened the last few games, and it's made it more difficult for Cryer to get going. And he, like you mentioned, he's had a total of 10 points in the last two games. Well, I mean, all I know is, and, and I haven't got to this point yet on my writing, that they have one of the slowest tempos they being Houston in the, in the entire country. Yeah, I know. That's what that's what's weird about it. You, you're going to be playing into their strength, right? But it seemed like McCaslin said Cryer gets going more often in transition when they get the steals and gets an open look from three, and that's where he does most of his damage. And for whatever reason, I guess maybe the last two teams have been able to play their style of basketball with him. I think your your biggest chance tonight is if you do – what your MO is on offense. And that is spread the floor and shoot the lights out. You know, you, you got a victory over Kansas state and threw up tons of bricks. You know, you hit five, three pointers. That's three, three and change under your average. You just did not have a good shooting day in K state, you know, give them a lot of credit for that, but you were still able to carve out a win. If you shoot like that on the road against a team that's like Houston, like I said, number one in the net and number five in the country, and if you do, all, then you're going to get right out of the gym. So spread the floor, get second chance opportunities, and shoot the heck out of it. That's the way you win. Uh, going back to the number of 12 and 13, you kind of mentioned all of the uh, things maybe the Vegas people are leaning on. You know, you, they can't lose three in a row. LJ Cryer has struggled. He's got to get out of that funk as a guy that's played in this conference. Have, have you have you looked at the margin of victory in all of their home games there at the Fertitta Center? I have all yeah, of them pulled up here. It's it's a it's obnoxious. The close can you guess the closest margin of victory off the top of your head in a home game for Houston? They're nine and zero at home this season. The closest game. Just uh, throw a number out. Um, where where did they play the Aggies? That was not there. I think it might have been in a different location, but at least whenever I did, let me see. I've got my nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, That's seven, uh, eight, Utah nine. Then, right? Uh, no, that I think that was a neutral site game as well. Okay, go ahead and tell me. Thirty-one points. Stetson kept it that close. That's their closest opponent. Now, granted, West Virginia. It's probably the best one. They played Penn, Texas State, Jackson State. I mean, it's not it's not a Big 12 gauntlet, but 31 points. They're averaging 36.5-point victories at home. That might have something to do with it. Nobody, nobody's been able to stay in the gym with him, but uh, I don't think the Cougs have played anybody like the Red Raiders at home yet this year either. 
All right, we continue our discussion on Big 12 basketball. We'll ask Hacks how many Big 12 teams can uh, make the NCAA tournament, see if they can break an NCAA tournament record for most by a conference. Plus, uh, Jim Harbaugh interviews for another job. I got another question for Hacks, courtesy of our friends from the Morning Drive. Playing time is not required. This is the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. 30 more minutes to go here on the end of the bench. Get your questions in for Ask the Bench Bench Warmers uh, coming up in 15 minutes from now. Jeff Haxton rejoining us now from Houston. He gets set for Texas Tech against Houston tonight there at the Fertitta Center. Fertitta, Fertitta. Hey, whenever we were going to break, uh, I had mentioned this. Jim Harbaugh obviously is still the Michigan head football coach. Jim Harbaugh has obviously interviewed for the Chargers and the Falcons that we know of because they post that stuff on social media these days. I remember somebody on the Yates Flooring Center chat line last week asking us why we were talking about him uh, in a past tense as the head coach. It just seems like more and more he's not coming back. Uh, Just look at the number of guys that went to the NFL draft. Him openly interviewing everywhere <clears throat> saying that I, I would like to know is there anybody from the big 12 that would potentially take that job at this point or is there is it do they go in a different direction and then i'm going to ask you a couple of other things about big 12 football coaches um man Getting fish gone was a big thing. Um, of course, he's now the coach at Washington and, and making a lot of bank. I I keep thinking Leipold, but then I immediately, I think, come up with better reasons for him to stay. Yeah. Um, if he was 10 years younger... I think he'd already be gone. Vamos. Hey, look what I did at Kansas. You know, respectability, winning games, going to bowls, new fundage to build a basically a new stadium. Um, and you know, you're you're fighting with uh, the monster that is Kansas basketball. So, I just feel like he is is in a great place for him, where he's at with his age, where he's at with his success, going into a new conference, and I think. New facilities will help. Um, isn't Campbell the great question mark in all this? Do you? How do you think he feels about how he played his hand over the last couple of years? I think he's probably okay with it. Um, I think that job is is not is not. It's easier than Kansas. Okay. But it's still a, a hard job. It's a tough job to win at, and he's done quite a bit of winning. Now, I think his biggest regret was when he had all those guys coming back off of what I think it would have been Purdy's junior campaign, heading into his senior campaign where they had all those starters and really were not very good, just under 500, I think. You know, they always have incredible tight ends, linebackers, Always one or two really good wide receivers. 
But I think he's probably comfortable in his own skin saying, hey, this was the decision that I made. I'm an extremely well-paid individual. I've won some games at Iowa State, which is hard to do. But now what, right? Yeah. And I think the now what will – but there's always that clock ticking too. And and that's why striking while the iron is hot. Can I get a, a a kitty cat there? And he's reached the ceiling. No, um, well that that and the reason I bring it up is uh, they talked about this on the morning drive, and I think Matt Campbell's a perfect example of this. Is uh, if you had to uh, rate, you know, properly overrated, underrated, those two guys are probably the ones that would have any potential to at least get interviewed, I think, out of the Big 12 by the Michigan Wolverines. But at this point, if you had to rate Matt Campbell, is he properly rated? Is he overrated at this point? Or is he still underrated as a head coach? I think he's properly rated. I really do. I think... He is what he is, my favorite uh, cliche. Um, so I, I don't know. If he jumps out of the league, it would be fascinating to see because then what do you do with Iowa State? And that's, that's the thing we got to keep in mind here. If Harbaugh moves, then the whole world of college football opens up, right? Yeah, everybody. I mean, besides a select few, but – the majority, you know. All right, uh, an- another one, since you mentioned him, Lance Leipold. Properly overrated or underrated? Um, for doing what he's done at a, at a terrible football job and doing it with his age, underrated. What do you think Chuck Hines said on the radio show this morning? Um, tell me, cause I don't want to guess. He's, I'm pretty sure he said overrated. Oh my gosh. I know. I think that's just sandbagging on Chuck's part. Here's, here's a random one. Uh, Neil Brown. He's not going anywhere. He's still fighting for his job in my opinion, but overrated, underrated, properly rated. I'll tell you what, at, at this very moment, I'm putting him as underrated because there are not many people that can pull out of a nosedive or a, a perceived nosedive like Neil did. When you have an entire conference and country telling you how bad you're going to be, um, you've been through under 500 seasons. The seat's about as hot as it can get. To cool that seat off, wipe out your rival in pit, go win, what was it, the total eight games, something like that, eight, nine games, when you're projected to be the worst in the league. Dude, you're, I'm telling you, I'm just taking from, from where I'm sitting right now here in Houston on January 17th, underrated. Mike Gundy. I'll do two more. Mike Gundy. Um, 
underrated. It pains me, maybe but I not, agree. Maybe not in the Big 12, but nationally, when you – let me just say this. If you can continually have recruiting classes that rank in the 40s, 50s, and 60s and be working with an average of a 2.7 star, get those guys on campus and win 10 games nine times where previously, before Mike Gundy, you had won 10 games two times. You've won two BCS type bowls, two Fiesta bowls. Once again, one against Stan, one against Notre Dame. If you look in the last fifteen years, you're you're in the top ten, uh, 10 or fifteen in wins. So where these other guys, Dabo, tons of stars, Saban, tons of stars, smart stars, stars, stars. They got so many stars they don't know what to do because you know they just they, they don't know what to do with them all. And on the other end, recruiting a middle of the road guys and turn them in, turning them into ten season winners like this deal last year, that was unbelievable. The coaching job that he pulled off, he's underrated. No, I agree. The, somebody from the Yates Flooring Center chat line says Iowa State always has good running backs. I would say Oklahoma State always has good running backs. Just look in the league; they might not be starters, but there's a lot of guys in the NFL. All right, last one. The most difficult one, Joey McGuire. Incomplete. Yeah, no, he has some work to do. I think I, I kind of agree with Jamie, and this is just in the one year since. Overrated for what everybody thought from last year. I think everybody thought it was going to be a breakout year in year two. But saying that, yeah. he uh, he's made bowl games and back-to-back games, or back-to-back seasons. And last I checked, won both of them. That's like stuff Mike Leach has done. So, not comparing the two yet, but uh, he might be properly rated and working his way to being a pretty good football coach. All right, it's time for Ask the Benchwarmers. It's time for you guys to save the show. Get your questions in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Jeff Haxton answers all of them, and I try to do my best to finish this thing out. You're listening to the end of the bench here on 100.7, The Score. Playing time is not required. This is the end of the bench podcast from 100.7, The Score. All right, back on the end of the bench. Time for Ask the Bench Warmers. Jeff Haxton joining us from Houston as he gets ready for some Texas Tech men's basketball tonight. We'll start with this one. Uh, that I have no answer to, and I'm leaning heavily on hacks from Shelly on the chat line. Best advice for transitioning out of the friend zone with a romantic interest, hacks. It's been a while, I'm sure, but you have anything? I have nothing because my game is zero. I got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I got nothing too. From from. I would- I would say um, uh, delicate persistence. Horse name. We finally got a horse name. It took a while. Delicate, delicate persistence. You want to expound expound on that in any way, shape, or form? 
You don't. Nope. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, who, in your opinion, is the best? Get your guys ready to play for a big moment game. Coach McGuire, Coach McCaslin, Krista Gerlich, or Bruce Bochi. Uh, you know, I, Bruce Bochi to me has has this wonderful luxury, and that's I've been doing this so long. Look at all of my rings, and you just go out there and do what I say. You know, there's really no need for prodding or encouragement. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's a guy that'll have fun with you. So he's not it. Go ahead. Give me the names again. Coach McGuire, Coach McCaslin, Krista Gerlich, or Bruce Bochy. And it's probably not fair because, like you mentioned, he has skins on the wall. He's won numerous times in different locations now. Dang it. I mean, as far as as far as the person that I know that would fire me up the most, I'm going Joey. Like, I know for a fact he would get me to Kool-Aid man, run the wall in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, and you, you probably need – it depends on the sport, too. Baseball, I don't think you can have that for 162 games. You need a calming influence that's going to be there consistent every day, you know, and – let you know when things need to be done a little diff different, but uh, also, like you said, mess around with the guys. So, as far as rah rah, it seems like Joey would be the one of the out of the bunch. I I imagine Coach Gerlich, just listening to her during yesterday's media availability, can uh, definitely get on her team at halftime because they played a lot better in the second half <laughs> this year, and she's uh, mentioned some of those speeches have obviously been very uh, effective and motivational, if you will. All right, perusing the chat line here. Let's see. Anything else? So it's time for a pop quiz. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Pop quiz, quiz hotshot. Hey, when people interact on the chat line hacks and they ask for a pop quiz, I'm going to give it to them, especially on a day like today. We're going to make it kind of cut and dry, a little easy. I, I did the quick research during the break here. You're a 90s kid. You're not much younger than me, so this is it should be somewhat in your wheelhouse. According to the Billboard chart data that's in front of me, thanks to your favorite search engine, Bing. Oh, yeah. I need the top 10 best-selling bands from the 1990s. And you might have done this recently, like you did the Oklahoma State running backs, but I'm confident that you don't remember it. So... No, I no, we haven't done this. Um, I need seven of the top ten. That's the way we play, right? Yeah, I mean seven for a win. Seven for a win. You get all ten. I'll 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 pay you back for a free lunch. I'm a fail, 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 fail. Um, Theme of the show, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. There you go, Aerosmith, number eight on the list. Uh, bon Jovi. Bon Jovi, number six. Look at you. You're the sandbagger now. Uh, 
top 10 Garth grossing Brooks. bands of the 1990s. Um, I think bands. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that one slide there. It's got, it's more, it's all groups. There are no individuals in this thing. Bon Jovi is technically a band. Metallica. There you go. Number one on the list. You're, you're three for three. Dun, 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 dun. Um, uh, Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses, number three on the list. So you're four for four. Said you were going to fail go. miserably, and you're you're three away from uh, getting the win. Mm, Nirvana. There you go. Number four. You're you're figuring things out now. Ooh, it feels good to be on a groove for once. Um. Hmm. Whitney Houston. Ah, nope. that's a single. Yeah, single. Yeah, we need bands. Uh, I'm Dead Gummit. Okay. Um, um, ACDC. Wow, that's the one I did not think that you would get on this list. Number 10 on the list, ACDC. Six for six. This oh, one's yeah. for the win. Oh, man. God, thank, you know what got them on that list was ACDC Live. That cassette got them on that list. Um, so MC Hammer's not. Nope, that's not a band. That's an individual. Uh, oh, New Kids on the Block, dude. Oh. Huh. Strike one. Strike one. I don't have to buy your lunch, but you got two more strikes to get one answer. Just a refresher here. You've done Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Nirvana, Bon Jovi, Aerosmith, and ACDC. Four more left. Think of the genres here. I I, I am Soundgarden. Ah, strike two. Allison Chains. Oh no! You you know you have a lifeline. Lucas. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ding, ding, ding. That is seven. I'm going to give it to you because you didn't use the lifeline and I didn't offer it up to you. Yeah, dead coming. Who else? Think Nirvana and think of the other one. Grunge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Mookie Blaylock. Pearl Jam is number two on the list. Pearl Jam number two. Van Halen is five. U2 is seven. And that rounds out your top ten. Start That's a off, good quiz. Started off strong. Finished uh, with a whimper. The complete reverse of the end of the bench today. I think it's the best way to put that. <laughs> uh, at least we made Shelly happy more than anything. Chat line even went Backstreet Boys. No, nope. see that I, I could have swore something. Uh, boy band was going to be on there, but it, it is a decade 
that was taken over by we hate hair metal and give us the exact opposite and let's go alternative starting with nirvana and then on down the list of the names that we gave and oh man that it, hey i might have crashed and burned at the end but all of those uh all those artists good memories no doubt about it well hacks make some good memories for us tonight there in houston come back with a win tomorrow uh hopefully uh we hear plenty of guns up three balls tonight have a good broadcast thanks david thanks guys see ya all right that's jeff haxton i'm david collier for lucas white this has been the end of the bench stick around choice woodman and i believe sneeder will be next on the bottom line this has been the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 the score go to 107thescore.com for more from the double t sports network